0: I love Redemption Church, I love what Jesus has done with this place, and one of the things I love about it is the fact that when, when we started, uh, we had a very definitive heart, we knew exactly the things that God had laid on our heart to be a part of and to do, and one of the things that was important to us, dude, that was like a great hurdle right there, you should go out for the track team, it's like, all of a sudden I'm like, there's this frog leap just in front of me, and I'm like, oh, well of course, it's Ramirez, that's why, okay, so Should have known. But uh, no, one of the things that that was important to us is that the church would really be the church here at Redemption Church. Uh, And so what we didn't want to do is say, uh, how many people can we hire to do as many things as we need to have done? Rather, we wanted to have a church in which uh, the people really did the work of ministry and did the things of the church. And so as you've been coming in the last couple of weeks, we've had this card right here. And this is an opportunity for you to, in one way, there's many ways that we can be the church, but this is a way that you can be the church by being involved in some of the needs the church has on a weekly basis. So I'm looking at this card right here. It says RC Kids Ministry, and there's some options. It also says Worship Ministry here, and it has some options. And again, these are all ways where you can be a part. Now, in doing this, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do this every single week. We know that sometimes people hear about the opportunity to serve like, this and they go so i'm going to be here every week till jesus returns that's what you're saying to me right um no that's actually not what we're saying to you what we're saying is what we would love for you to do is if at this point in your life you go man i am coming to redemption but i'm not exactly engaged in serving at redemption we would love for you to look at this pray about this and then make a commitment for six months to sign up for this and what this would probably mean is one sunday a month you would be involved in serving in whatever capacity you checked off here. And I'll, I'll tell you, not only is that a blessing uh, to the, the leadership, not only is that a blessing to the people that oversees this ministry or these different ministries, uh, but ultimately, it'll be a blessing to you as well. And this is no small thing. I know sometimes people say, you know, I, I, I want to serve, but I want to do something substantial. Uh, you know, is really coming in early and, and doing setup up or staying late and doing tear-down, is that substantial? And I'd say it's absolutely substantial it's amazing when people come to check out a church for the first time they notice all the little things Right, They notice the little things, because again, it's kind of a new environment, they're not sure what they're getting into, and, and the more care, the more investment we have to take care of those little things so that they're well polished, and, and again, somebody comes in and they feel at ease, man, that only helps them as they move through the morning, and so shut up and tear down and sound crews and all of that, they, man, a lot of times it's easy to overlook what they do because you don't notice problems when there's problems, that's when you notice Right? And and so these crews do a great job of polishing anything that could be a problem. And so, again, I just want to encourage you to be thinking about, we're going to continue to press this for the next couple of weeks, but I want you to be praying about and thinking about, man, should I make a six month commitment to serve in one of these areas? And, And again, this comes back to our identity, even as a church, that we wanted to see things designed in such a way that everybody has an opportunity to serve. In fact, as a the church, there's many things we don't have and we forego because we have such an emphasis in this area. For example, as a church, we don't have a secretary in the office. We have a reese, but that's not a secretary. Reese handles all of our finance stuff, but we don't have a church secretary because in part we're like, man, we would rather sub this out to individuals who can serve in those ways or maybe with different office needs that may arise. So uh, we don't have things like that because, again, we just want to really be a church where the people are the church, right? That that was the heart again, not only from day one, but but even in my own spiritual life, I realized that before I was a pastor, I was just a person in a church. And and I was serving in that capacity, and that's what God kind of did in me or worked in me for me to go, man, I I want to do more, I want to go deeper, I I, I want to to be used by God in ways that maybe are outside of my comfort zone. And I think that's so much of what, what our spiritual growth is about anyway. It's getting out of the comfort zone, it's pouring ourselves out for the sake of others, and chiefly pouring ourselves out for the sake of Christ. And really, Christ is the reason for the church. Right? He is our senior pastor here at Redemption Church. I am not the senior pastor. I am pastor of teaching and theology. That's a fancy title. Um, but really, Jesus is our senior pastor. He is the one that makes us tick. And so as a church, our heart is to truly make it all about who Jesus is, all about what Jesus wants to do, all about Jesus' agenda for the world. And so that brings us even to this morning. This morning we are starting a brand new series called The Church Is... And this wasn't originally planned or anything else. We we actually were intending to do a different series. But through a series of events, um, God laid this one on our heart. And for the next six weeks, we're going to be going through what the church is. And we're going to look at it from high orbit, what Jesus expects of the church, why Jesus established the church, how Jesus leads the church. But then we're going to also bring that down to Redemption level, right? So why does redemption do what it does and how does it uh, Execute its ministries and things like that. We're going to go through all of that over the series But in some ways today is weird because it's not a normal sermon That's why I have my little remote right here I'm i'm in control of a presentation more than a sermon at this particular point But it's something that we wanted to do and needed to do because of recent events And i'm going to get to that in a couple of minutes, but today is very much a what's next on some some things and and why what's next now with that all said um, here's the first thing you need to know about the church what the church is particular what Redemption Church is Redemption Church starting this month and going into the first of October is going to be five years old Ooh, yeah so September of 2011, uh, we met in a, in late September, we met in a living room and we're like, alright, sh- what we should call it, we should call it redemption, what should it do, this is what it should do, and, and it all was underway, so we're, we're not quite to our fifth birthday yet, but we're getting there, so not only are we five, we're kindergartners now, alright, so, that's a big deal, man, kindergarten's a big thing, that's the big step, if you put your kindergartner on the bus this last week, we prayed for you, right? that's a hard step that's a new step but after five years there's a number of things happening with the redemption that's very cool now in october it's going to be pastor appreciation month in september i'm treating it a little different i'm treating it pastors appreciate you month all right so making that one up on the fly but why not because we do we we appreciate you so hopefully it'll start to trend and we'll make it a thing and pastors will all appreciate their churches everywhere so um But today is, uh, man, I I just want to let you know how much we appreciate you. And there's things that are happening in in line with our fifth birthday, in line with how we appreciate you, that we are wanting to do just to encourage you, to be an aid to you, and give you a sense of, man, what's coming down the pipe in the future. So the first gift that comes with a birthday is a gift from Pastor Scott. Uh, Pastor Scott has been working on some things for the church over the last series of weeks Putting in a lot of time, a lot of energy, and so this September, the first gift that you are going to receive from Pastor Scott, you ready? Um, this is, this is my, my iPhone right here, and you can tell I am the most boring person with an iPhone. Um, I have one page of apps, that is it, that's how dull I am, but in there, there is a very cool app, a brand new app, you see at the bottom. Our first gift to you is Redemption finally has an app for your phone. And this is very, very cool. So we're going to be rolling that out in about the next week or so. I've already got it on my phone right here. And uh, what's great about it, I'll open it up really quick just for me to see. You can't see it. You see this. I see that. So, ha <laughs> ha. Um, but, uh what's great about this is some things we're going to be doing for example on this uh you know how we're always saying hey fill out the card even if you're new to redemption or you're not new you've been here for a while fill out the card and half of you fill it out and half of you don't fill it out right and we're just trying to get an attendance so we know who's here and who's not well now on this you can just check in by pushing a button no more cards wow welcome to the 20th century um right So, but you can check in. Also, the digest that you receive on Sunday mornings, now it'll be a digital digest. You just go on here, push a button, you can get the digest. You'll be able to listen to sermons, you'll be able to watch sermons, you'll be able to put prayer requests in here, give, calendar, follow us, sign up, regroups, location. All of that is going to be in this particular uh, little uh, device right here. And so, we know how much people are mobile nowadays, and we wanted to be able to do something where it made it easier for you To be able to be equipped by god's word to stay in contact with the church to know what's going on by way of announcements and so this is sort of the hey you're going to be five this is a gift for you right and so we're very excited about this we think this is going to really service a lot of things we're doing as a church well and so again first gift from pastor scott to you is an ad now the next gift uh is pastor trent and pastor trent he hasn't been working for weeks on this pastor trent's been working for months On this. Poor Pastor Trent has been working a long, long time on this particular thing. And and he's been working with an awesome group of people who have really dedicated a lot of time and energy. But the next thing that's very cool that we're going to have is a new website. Finally, this is so cool as well. And so, this is going to have a lot of things in it as well, as far as you can still watch videos, you can get our practice materials, you can get some of our other training material as well, and it's just going to be laid out in a different way, but again, it's just another gift that we are giving to the church to say, you know, we love you guys, we love what you do, and we want to make sure that we facilitate, uh, just again, technology in such a way that makes it user-friendly for you to grow, learn, and connect uh, in redemption as you are wired to do so. So that's the second gift. Then the third gift is a gift that I've been working on for a while with others. And this is the one that really brings us to this morning. It's it's that. Um, (laughs) Yes! Five years later, right? Like, like... So it's been a journey, and I have been working with, with some, some men in our church on this that are just phenomenal, and, and again, they're saying, hey, don't mention names, but can I just have you right now clap for nameless men in our church? That. Um That have been working on this with with me for a while, and they've been generous with their time and with so many things, and so this is really a very exciting time for us. Now, when we showed this a couple of weeks ago, and everybody's like, ah, cool, what are we meeting there? Let me tell you, not for a little while. Um... It's going to take some time. I'm going to walk you through some stuff this morning, and I'm going to let you know that it's going to take some time. Now, we will be in there sooner than later for something. So uh, by the end of this month, everything should close on this. It should be done. We've gotten past all of the hurdles and roadblocks and everything else, and so it's sailing right along. We should have no problems getting in there by the end of the month. And we will very quickly convert it to everything we do for midweek, all of our office space, everything else. We will use that for the hub. So it'll become the hub in the short Term As we begin to move toward a longer vision or a longer term vision uh, for redemption at large and a space for redemption now some people as we have shared this and shown this they look at that and they go how on earth. Are we going to be able to do Sunday morning in that space? Like the hub, sure, that's easy, but how can we accomplish a church of our size in a space like that? Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to start to walk you through and give you a a taste of what can be. Now, this is just sort of um, a mock-up. This gives you an idea of what we're looking at. It's not the final thing. It's not the the whole shebang. It's just, man, this gives you a sense of perspective as it relates to this space. And so, again, if you're new with this this morning, this is your first Sunday Again, come back next Sunday, and I'll be preaching. Um, <laughs> this week, I'm not preaching. Not really. Maybe at the end, I'll start to preach, because that's what happens. You just preacher just slips into preacher mode, right? But, but for now, again, it's taking you through some details. So I was trying to figure out, how can I help everybody kind of have a sense of perspective when it comes to this particular space? And so um, we're going to turn to Google Maps, because we can. Um, do you ever just go on there and, like, just check out your neighborhood? Yeah, it's kind of weird, actually. It's sort of creepy, but um, nonetheless, I was able to bring up, this is a top shot of Union Bank that uh, we are in the midst of acquiring for Redemption Church, and uh, to give you a sense of perspective to this... Um, this is going to be an overlay of, of one of the plans. This is just an electrical plan, but it had less lines on it, and I figured everybody could understand kind of what this plan is going to look like when I bring it up more clearly in just a second, so it's all kind of to scale. Uh, in light of that, this is us in this room right now. I'm very excited in that picture, you can tell. And so, um, and so this is just kind of giving you a sense of perspective, right? This is us in this room, in this space, right, to about this wall right here, so maybe about here, that's, that's us, right? How that fits in the current space is actually uh, not too bad. That's roughly what you're, you're talking about right there, right? So suddenly you go, okay, this is giving you spatially a sense of roughly how big the bank is in relationship to how much space we take up in here right now. Now, if you looked at this, you'd say, well, that's perfect for the adults, but the kids get to play outside the whole time, um, <laughs> Because we have no room for the kids in there. But then as I've talked with uh, some of the people that have been involved in this process, there's some options we could look at. For example, uh, we could actually go out to the property line more with the space. And then even possibly we can go out the, uh, the back more as well. And then suddenly when you do that, you realize, turn it sideways, you, you have more space th- than this space is just I- inside that bank. But here's the, the wild thing about the bank. If you haven't paid attention, um, it's not just one level. It's actually a three-level building. And this is one of those things you only notice from the side or from behind where you go, ah, oh, that says something different. Um, here's a back shot from behind. And so as we've talked about this, we've said, you know what? We don't have to just look at it as a main level thing, but it's engineered to have the upper level built all the way across, right? So you'd have a room this big or bigger on the top room, this big or bigger on the main level. Plus you could do some things in the basement, maybe like a half basement or a third basement for extra space. And suddenly this thing starts to rack up some some serious square footage, right? And so just kind of dreaming and thinking about what it could be. Uh, we have our aerial shot again. There's us just standing out there in Ramon's parking lot, um, you know, just because we can next to the building. And we go, man, how are we going to do all that? But we start going, well, if we if we did that and then if we did that and if we maybe even did that well suddenly the space starts to increase and looking at the plans of the bank here uh this last week i also noticed that originally it was designed to have parking in the back too you know and and whether we would or didn't, wouldn't do that who knows but again it was originally designed to have space back there for parking uh and then you know if we were really blessed ooh, that would be really awesome someday we don't we don't have that but boy you know how to pray and to not talk out loud in the community uh and pray and not talk out loud loose lips sink ships all right so i'm gonna say about that but okay but but if it doesn't happen um you know we we still have parking options and parking agreements and everything else so even if that didn't happen we would still have the options for parking everything else we may not do one service we'd probably go to two services to bleed off the car energy uh the space would totally handle a ton of people uh but then Uh, Again, we could all be inside there, plus children's could be inside there, plus offices could be inside there, plus classes could be inside there. All of that could be inside of there. So instead of looking at this and saying, well, this is what we're trying to work with, we have to envision and say, uh, this is what it could be, right? So... You just kind of needed the eyes to see. I needed the eyes to see. I had a, a good friend of mine, godly man, that kind of seeded this idea to me. And, and, and originally, I'm like, this 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 wouldn't work. Right? And, and he took me in. He says, just picture some of this. And, and really, I, I found picturing helps. And so I think these are realistic options for us as a church. I think it's a very cool concept i think it's awesome that we're right down on 203 right so right in the center of town right in the heart of our community we're a church that's all about uh, for the good of the city so it puts us right there in the center of the city to do what we do in ministry to do what we do uh, when it comes to our mission statement and purposes that kind of thing so to get this accomplished then what is it going to take that (laughs) right you knew it was coming Show the picture and then throw the price tag. All right, so um, no, it, it will take that, and that's why uh, when I was sharing here uh, earlier, uh, you know, why aren't we going to just do this tomorrow? Um, why is it going to take some time? Uh, this, this is really why, because we want to be wise as we go forward as a church. We we don't want this to be a thing where we say, how can we go out and get the biggest loan as fast as possible? Um, and 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 just make this thing happen in six months we said no no we, we want to do this in a way where wisely we we try to aggressively save up we try to raise the funds to do this in a way that yeah there's still going to be some borrowing involved in this process i have no doubt unless somebody says hey, i've just got like three million dollars laying around and i'm happy to part with it we're happy to use it um <laughs> so i mean th- that is a love connection if i have ever heard one right there so um you know, or if somebody says I've, I've got three million dollars and I'll give you like a fifty-year loan and no interest, I'll, we'll, another love connection. Um, so, so it's gonna, it's gonna, like I said, it's gonna take us some time. We need to save up some money to do this. But what I also love about the concept that we're working with here is it's not this gargantuan megaplex. You know, we're trying to do something that that has a a sane size, accomplishes the goals. Um, I'll I'll give you my heart personally on this. Uh, As we're looking at architects for this, we want it to truly be pleasing when it comes to the aesthetic for the community. We don't want it to be something where the community drives by and says, oh, that redemption church, that is an ugly looking barn. You know, like... Like, we go, no, man, Jesus cares about creativity. Jesus cares about art. Jesus cares about style. We care about those things, too, for his glory, not for our shallow purposes, but for his glory and to love our community. So um, it's going to have a sane size, but we want to make sure it's done in a way that is uh, accomplished well and thoughtful, and our community goes, we're grateful that's there, and we're grateful those people are there because again, this is so much a part of our mission statement. And so again, uh, it's going to take some time. We're going to need to save up in that direction so we can see this accomplished. Now, having said all of that, this maybe is where it bleeds a little bit into one part preaching, one part personal testimony, because I'm going to take us back five years five years ago when we first started. We started as a church without walls, right? And and so we didn't have walls, and we were celebrating the fact. That we didn't have walls. We were not bound uh, by a building. We were not bound to just us four close the door, huddle together, and that's it. We were flushed into the community. We were in the pubs, and we were in the restaurants, and we were in the coffee houses, and we were down at CC's, and groups were meeting in different establishments, and we were thrilled about the fact that we were at the the loving grace of our culture to take us in, right? And the city took us in. So from that, the question really could become, well, why a building then? I mean why do that if we're a church without walls why make that investment and and there's all sorts of reasons that we could talk about so uh, for example if you go and you uh, talk to any one of our setup or teardown crews they'll tell you why a building Um, (laughs) you know and and again you know what there's some validity to that there there are people I, I think about Shane Bailey standing at the back and his family for example yes Literally, I mean, this is, I, I'll bet in five years of redemption, Shane, you have probably missed four Sundays? Setting up and tear down every, every week. So, um, y- you can see why Shane would love some people to fill out this card, right? And his family, his wife, his kids have been faithful to that, right? So, that, that's a good reason. Um, convenience is a great reason. Um, it's amazing how many people come to redemption for this first time and they say uh, I, I went down to true value But that's not where you meet on sunday mornings um, Because that's where google maps will take you to our offices, right? And so it'd be nice to just say oh where everything happens is in one space and it's, I mean, all those things are practical um, But th- there there was deeper things that that I I had to process through on on why a building um, Now here's what we know as as christians who have it grilled into us the church is Jesus is people right we, we if you've been around the church for a while We're always saying that the church is in a building the church is the people the church is the people the church is the people And that's totally accurate you read through the new testament the church is the people But you go and talk to the community and guess what church is a building the church is a building and that is sort of how the culture around us is is always going to see church now we hope to be able to educate and say no 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 that's not the church that's just this other thing it's a shell of something but it's not the church but to the average person they go man a church is a building it's a building in a city in a community and it's filled with people that's true to the average community goer they go that's what a church is it's in the heart of the community it's filled with people and in there those people do weirdo religious stuff um (laughs) Right. And to be honest, if you read this, it's filled with weirdo stuff, alright? So I'm gonna give you that. It's tough to not be weird and be Christian. Christian's weird. It is. Right? But but these are the the things that people will kind of associate with what a church is. And so even though that may sound a little bit strange, um as far as like, you know, we, we want to have a building for this purpose, maybe. Maybe because it becomes a bit iconic now in, in saying all of that um i I'll, I'll give you what my mindset was a few years ago, like when we started looking at how are we going to do this, and are we going to build a building? Or are we going to buy a building, or are we going to be in duval out of duval, which by the way, this fulfills one of those big criteria that so many people here had, which was we want to keep the outpost in Duval. We were able to do that again, thank you Jesus, for that um, like there was no options but one, and Jesus. Handed us that option. That was huge. Um, but because the church isn't the building, it's the people and, and all those kinds of things. Uh, the way I was certainly looking at a building is saying, really, when it comes down to it, uh, it's just a toolbox. And, and, and so, again, the people are the church. The building is just this, this utility thing. Um, and, and I really held on to that. So much so that when we first started pushing to raise funds for some ominous thing in the future, we called it the toolbox campaign. Because again, a building's just a building. It's just a shell. It's just, again, it's like uh it's like the Swiss army knife of ministry. But don't don't spiritualize it. Don't turn a building into the Old Testament sanctuary of God. Don't turn it into the Holy of Holy. Don't turn it into the temple. No, no, no. No. We're good Protestant modern evangelicals. Buildings are not godly. Only the church, the people, is godly. And, and, and that was very much me, right? And, and even, I would even admit that there was even a sour taste in my mouth. Like, oh, buildings are money, and they're energy, and their effort, and they can be a headache. And then when you do a project, that's, man, that's right time for discouragement. All those kinds of things. I went through all of that. Um, just like, yeah, it's a toolbox. But then, in the last three years, um, and, and this is serious, total serious right now for me. Um, actually, I go back five years. See, in the last five years, um, i i I, as a pastor I've stood back and i've watched society begin to tilt a little and then the last three years i've seen that accelerate and i would say just in the last year to 18 months um, i've seen a, a true substantial shift within the context of our society as it pertains to christianity as it pertains to the bible as it pertains to the gospel of jesus um You know what, we've shared in a series here a number of months back that that we've gone from being in sort of a Roman-type culture to more of a Babylonian-type culture, that we're looking at it more as we're exiles within our culture, And, and that doesn't mean that we're against our culture. We love our culture. We care for our culture. We should be praying for our culture. This is not a diatribe against our culture. If anything, I'm reminded more and more all the time why our culture needs the gospel of Jesus. And I'm reminded more and more all the time why we as Christians need to step up and into our role as Christians within our culture. Instead of saying we're going to hold back now because the heat's going up. We need to step in, step up, move forward because, man, people need Jesus. And they're going to constantly be fed a lie that says you don't need Jesus. You just need whatever thing the culture is saying will save you. And it doesn't really save you. It only empties you because that's that's idolatry and that's not that's not Jesus. And, and so... I've had a burdened heart that says we need to help Christians step into their faith more publicly, not step back from their faith more publicly. We need to develop people like Daniel or Esther that are everyday missionaries that go out into their regular communities and regular jobs and regular volunteerism in in schools or whatever else they might do, and they break the stereotype of what a Bible-believing evangelical Christian is because there's a stereotype. Because more and more people are suspect of pastors, you know, about the only place I can get traction when I say I'm a pastor is at a bar. Honestly, if, if I'm at Starbucks and I'm a pastor, they're like, oh, okay, see, you know, at a bar, they're like, why are you here, right? At least I can get that traction. But for the most part, it's like, oh, pastors, you're just here to judge people or ask for money. I'm not judging anybody today, by the way. Um... <laughs> um remember that all right (laughs) i'm honest all right so um right but but it's it is it's just harder for pastors even churches as organized entities uh there's a little suspicion but you you as an everyday missionary have a huge advantage Again, you as an everyday missionary can disrupt the stereotypes that exist. And they can go like, wow, I, I was watching MSNBC and they had this evangelical on and that person was nuts. But you seem normal. You have that advantage of saying, oh, here's the normacy," Right? And, and, and so then as a church, as one of the elders within the church, I'm like, man, we need to foster that. We need to to see something established as as a people that are the church that fosters people being more effective as the church in the world, as missionaries to the culture, as Daniels and Esthers. And then that poured back into this idea of a building for me. right? And so with that, I've been praying a lot and thinking a lot about, man, how do we approach this? Jesus, how do you want us to approach it? Not how do I want to approach it. I can get very functional. So it's like, how do you want us to understand this space and this structure? And so I, I, I would just say, just confessing, I believe the Holy Spirit really laid on my heart a word that I have historically mocked. Um, there was a certain level of, oh, gee, I, don't make me use that word. Because I'm not, I've not been pro that word. I've been very much down a different path. But it was a word that was really impressed upon me. And I struggled even to use it because I'm like, it's such a, such a spiritual word. As it becomes pertinent to a space. It was the word sanctuary. And people would say that at church. Oh, we're in the sanctuary. I'm like, no, you're not. You're in the biggest part of the building. It's not a sanctuary. Sanctuary is in the Old Testament. Now we're New Testament people. You're dumb. All right. You You're know, like, so I, I had this hang up with sanctuary, but the definition, a place of refuge, a reserve, a religious, holy place, um, that, that sanctuary, you think about like an animal sanctuary. It's there to protect and cultivate uh, certain species. Or just a place where it's a safe place to be. Because it's different than the environment around it. And even, man, another word I always pick on is religious. But a religious holy place. And I I started thinking about all of that and saying, um, and believing, and and feeling like God was speaking into my own life on some of this. um, That um, what this space probably is in the new climate of our culture with the new challenges that we face. What this space is, is really, it's really sanctuary. Now, I I don't necessarily mean a sanctuary for us. Um, What I mean by this more than anything else is a sanctuary uh, for this. Um, If if you've been at redemption for a while, uh, you'll know there is a fundamental truth here. We love God's word. We love God's word. We love God's word so much, I blather on for 55 minutes every Sunday about God's word we want to make sure people know god's word that they understand the the intricacies of god's word that they understand the power and promises of god's word that they orient their lives around his word that his word matters and i'm not trying to bash on my fellow christians and fellow churches but there's some churches where they go we've crafted the sermon now i have to find two verses somehow that fit inside it that is not redemption church sometimes it, we had i remember a few years ago i had uh, one of the, the gals come to me and she goes, I had a friend come to Redemption Church and, and they didn't like it. And I said, why didn't they like it? And they said, because it's just Bible, Bible, Bible all the time. And and so my thing was mission accomplished. Um, Bible, Bible, Bible. Uh, we're, we're big on Bible and not in a casual way. We're big on the Bible on the parts that people go, we don't like that part of the Bible. We, we'll preach that part of the Bible. We're big on the parts of the Bible that everybody loves those parts of the Bible. Those parts of the Bible even Joel Osteen can get excited about and preach. Well, We'll do those, but we'll also do the hard things, because what we believe at the core is that the Bible is, is power, that the Bible is life. Some verses that really stand out to me about this. Romans ten seventeen. faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of God. Christ. We're big on the Bible because we believe nothing has the power to transform more than the Word. Faith comes through the Word if we look in the gospel of Luke chapter 8 verse 11 Jesus tells a parable about a seed getting thrown on different kinds of soil but he says the seed that's the gospel it's the word of God so the word of God is the catalyst to transformation more than a chipper good speech more than some feel-goodism that I could talk about that makes people leave and feel good for about 45 minutes to an hour till life falls apart the word gives you stability and strength and comfort and resolve and purpose and direction in the hard stuff of life well well as the easy stuff so we're big on the word think about luke chapter 11 blessed rather are those who hear the word of god and keep it and i love that word blessed it means happy Happier those who hear the word and keep it. This is why I say we're a church that's really about the Bible and the gospel that leads people to an identification with the Bible so that they might truly be happy. I don't mean the happiness of the world because you go and you bought yourself a new trinket and it makes you happy for a few weeks until it breaks and then you don't like it and you ship it back to Amazon, whatever it is, Right? is. I'm talking deep, deep joy happy. That's what Jesus promises in his word that's why we're big on his word what aligns with this is ephesians chapter four it says that jesus gave the apostles the prophets the evangelists the shepherds and the teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of christ um the word is powerful and we have elders in our church some that are paid and some that are lay and, and they're here amongst other teachers in the church To equip one another. I'm equipped by Pastor Scott. I'm equipped by Eric Hope and my regroup. I'm equipped by different people in my life as they speak God's word into me, just as we all should be doing with one another. And so when we talk about why would we build a building, we would build a building as a place in which we hold up the word of God as an opportunity to equip the saints so that you can do ministry both inside to the community of faith and outside to the world that desperately needs Jesus. Right? That's the heart of this whole thing. We want to create an enclave. right? This space, this, this, this sanctuary. right? Where we cultivate, where we secure, where we revere, where we defend, where we clarify, where we impart the word. That's why I'm saying it's less of just a practical no more set up and tear down. It's creating, again, kind of a, just a, a sacred area in which the Word is sort of encased. Now, that doesn't mean that it shouldn't leave the building. It should, it should leave with every one of us. It should. But, but I'm finding more and more. I think it's going to be increasingly difficult to find public space where the Word is allowed to be openly proclaimed. And we may say, no, 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 that can't happen. But even talk to our 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 fellow Christians in Russia right now that have just been instructed that they cannot preach the gospel outside of their church buildings anymore. You know what's awesome about that? They can preach it inside and then people can walk outside. Right? So they can equip their people and then their people can still subversively go anyway and go do whatever they do. We may say we're a far cry from that, but and I think in some ways we are. I, I think at the same time, I think increasingly the Bible is seen in less and less um, um, welcoming terms within the American climate right now. Now, that doesn't make me a doom and gloomer. I go, man, challenge accepted. Challenge accepted, right? I think it's, in a lot of ways, it's, it's only gonna refine the church more. But when we talk then about a building, that's really what we're talking about, as a place where the Bible can have sanctuary for god's people to then be equipped to go out as missionaries as daniels and Esther's, into our community for the good of our city um first our uh second timothy chapter two talks about passing this on to, to next generations even as we're looking for a student ministries pastor um it's that whole spirit man we we want to keep passing this truth along we want to preserve the truth and move it down to future generations right this is a part of that investment and even a facility is designed to do that all of this coming back to this passage in first timothy chapter three paul's writing to young timothy he's just talked about elders and deacons and their qualities and everything else and he says i hope to come to you soon but i am writing these things to you so that if i am delayed you may know how one ought to behave in the household of god which is the church of the living god a pillar and buttress of the truth see that's for me as i was trying to figure out man what all do i share on sunday this verse was the haunting verse you know churches do a lot of things right so we serve the world around us we serve one another um, we engage in fellowship we engage in worship uh, we engage in many many different things establishing community that kind of thing but one of the things that paul says here that's so important is that we are a pillar and buttress of the truth we're a pillar and buttress of his word we're to be guardians and sentinels and protectors and those who pass it along and so the heart behind this whole project i hope that you you hopefully get from today and we'll unpack over the next series of weeks in different ways um the heart behind why do a building goes back to that word sanctuary it's the rc sanctuary and notice i played with all the re things because i can um it's a refuge it's a reserve it's a religious holy place for god's bible and god's gospel that's the heart behind this whole thing right and so i just want to be clear with that it's not just practical it's not just like when churches grow up into big boys they have their own buildings right (laughs) Because that's not true. Because like one of the churches I love, Antioch Bible Church, awesome church. They're big boys. Still don't have a building, but they're big boys. Right? So it's not, hey, we need to just grow up. that's no, not the hard. Man, I, in a lot of ways, I love meeting in the school. There's a lot of advantages to that. There's fiscal advantages. There's practical advantages. It puts us, again, in, in a relationship with our community that I think is very, very healthy. But I think as time marches on, things are going to change. And as they change, we want to be prepared to be a place that is sanctuary, right, for God's word and God's gospel. So God's people can be equipped to go and take word and gospel to their city. And their cities, wherever you live, if you go to our website, it says Redemption Church meets at 9.30 a.m. at Cedar Crest High School. The rest of the week, Redemption Church resides wherever your address is. You are Redemption Church. I am Redemption Church, right? That's that whole push. I am RC, we are RC. But we wanna see the we of RC establish a space that the we of RC can be well-equipped and well-trained to go and be RC to our community. And so when we talk about raising funds and as we begin to ramp up in this project, right? And it will be a project. Uh, the the way we're kind of titling this is we're raising money for the rc sanctuary i mean i was playing with all kinds of things and i wanted some cool fancy hip 21st century lingo and everything else and instead i'm like sanctuary it's what it is it's just what it is i mean i trust i man I, i was like synonyms for sanctuary i couldn't they just got crazier all right so it's not a word with a lot of like really stellar 21st century synonym words so um It's just the RC Sanctuary. You'll probably hear me call it RCS a lot, but but it's the RC Sanctuary. And so in the weeks to come, we're going to start giving you opportunities in which you can make that kind of financial investment. Obviously, we want you praying about it. Obviously, we want you involved in it. But what this is also going to require is us contributing to this um my heart personally is i would love to see us uh, get enough that we can maybe start to kick this thing off in three years i know some of you go three years well if you got three million dollars laying around again love connection let me know um i will wait three days all right so um we, we, we would love to see that accelerated. There may be some of you that say, hey, I know of somebody who loves this idea and loves this vision. Let them know that it's awesome. I mean, I'm praying that God would show up big. God showed up big in the start of Redemption Church. I remember driving to town, my only prayer, the day we started Redemption, is Jesus, I don't want this to be about me. I don't want this to be about our team. I want it to be about you. And so every step of the way, Jesus, you I want you to be the one that flexes big. I want it to be you that obviously does things as opposed to us being just super smart, super crafty super intelligent super thrifty and and that we do it in our own strength i'm not interested in being a part of a thing that it's just the strength of people that doesn't make me go wow and there are ways to do that that's not my heart my heart is saying jesus lay this on the heart of your people if this is what you're doing in this community lay this on the heart of your people because that's really what it comes down to right Lay sanctuary on our heart. Lay a love of your word in such a way that we want to invest in a space that is sanctuary for your word. And from that, we take it in, and from that, we live it out. Let's go ahead and pray together. Jesus, I thank you for the fact that you are the senior pastor of Redemption Church. You're the senior pastor of every church. And I thank you for what you have done in our midst over the last series of years. I mean, just from the start, through our growth and process, I thank you that it's, that it's been you. And I, I pray more than ever, I, I, I think in light of just A building, a building, this concept of sanctuary for your word and your gospel so that your people may be equipped and may go out, I pray in all of that, that again, more than ever, um, we will be humble before you, that we will not push as humans, that we will not um, drive things as humans, um, that we will seek you in a very repeated way to provide, to do, to, to move in the hearts and lives and minds of your people to see established, kind of, again, it, it's like, in my mind, I can't help but say, here's this big building, you know, it might be 15,000 square feet, but it's really meant for your word. Because your people are your church. I, again, I go back to this building isn't really, in the truest sense, a church. It is a, it is a, it's an outpost for your word. It is a sanctuary on the frontier for your word in a post-Christian culture, probably in the greater Seattle area, a never really quite Christian culture to begin with, much less post. I pray in that we will love a lost world, that we will not become frustrated at a lost world, that we will be sympathetic and prayerful and broken over the brokenness of our world, that we will be patient and wait on you. I do, I pray in all of this, it'll be clear that you are the one doing the flexing, that we, in this process, will only magnify and glorify your name more because we see you at work amidst your your people. And so we look for your grace, we look for your encouragement, and we beg for your guidance. We love you, and we need you, and we praise you, and you're perfect.